Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion, unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. <laughs> Hey listener, are you a writer? Or do you know a writer? Or perhaps you would like to give writing a try? Well, you may be interested to know that we are running a week-long horror writing mini-course from January 20th to 27th. We're running an online course for those looking to dip their toes into the wonderful world of writing scary stories. It will be run by myself and best-selling author Daniel Wilcox and will be helping newer writers go from coming up with a story idea to writing the first draft, editing it and getting it ready to ship out to the marketplace all in one week. If you're interested, then head over to hawkandcleaver.com forward slash horror for all of the relevant information. Once again, that's hawkandcleaver.com forward slash horror. And if you sign up now in this first week, you will get 20% off. Today's episode is The Blood Marrow, written by Ellis Marsh and narrated by Josh Curran. Blood? That's the first secret. Not just any blood either. The best there is. As he spoke, the old man scratched his right buttock with the thick, dirt-filled fingernails of a weathered hand. He stood with the young stranger among the twisted and gnarly vines of a half-grown marrow crop, their feet 
sinking into the pitch black dirt, the stink of manure and tang of metal rising from the ground as the summer heat warmed the soil. In contrast, the stranger's plot in the community gardens had bloomed. Potatoes and carrots burrowed underground, tomatoes budded on bamboo cane supports, and multicoloured sweet peas trailed over willow trellises. Everything green, fresh, and abundant. So, what is the best blood for growing a prize-winning marrow? The young stranger asked. The old man tapped twice on the side of his nose. That'll be the other secret, lad. He swiped a hand through his overlong white hair, pig bristles poking up from the thin skin around his knuckles. When the young stranger had first taken over the plot, he'd found a note pinned to the ground, pierced on the second tine of an ancient gardening fork. As he pulled it from the soil to remove the paper, the shed on the adjacent plot creaked a little, and he felt beady eyes spying on him through the cracks in the broken boards. The note read, Get gone. We don't want the likes of you round here. The stranger had smiled, tipped his tweed cap to the shed door, then carefully folded the paper and placed it in the pocket of his woolen cardigan. Whistling, he'd gone back to pulling the weeds and tilling the soil of his own patch. It was the first note of several, each becoming more extreme, desperate messages for the stranger to remove himself, comparing him to various farmyard animals and the excretions thereof. The final epistle, at the end of the second week of the young man's toil, stated in thick, black, capital letters, If you don't leave, I'll make you. The exclamation points added a certain grammatical threat to the statement, which, he assumed, intimated a violent resolution if he didn't skedaddle forthwith. He didn't. Instead, the young stranger had chuckled to himself and added the letter to the growing stash in his pocket. He'd patted the contents with affection and grinned at the battered shed door that still creaked on its hinges, though there was no breeze to speak of. As he'd returned to his task, making a new willow frame with some fresh young saplings he'd cut by the stream and planted as soon as he took ownership of the plot, he heard the latch to the shed door click and the door swing open, the heated scent of creosote and whiskey riding the warm summer breeze. Turning, he caught his first sight of the old man. He emerged from the dark interior of the tumble-down shed, bent into the shape of a crescent moon, and dressed in ragged brown corduroy slacks and a tattersall shirt, sleeves firmly rolled up. 
Such a perennial ensemble could have placed him outside of time in any English country village. Morning, the young stranger said, and smiled his most alluring smile. Fine day for it. The old man grunted, then added as an afterthought, Too bloody hot, and proceeded to his bed of immature marrows, dousing each one carefully with a spray of pink liquid from his metal watering can. Each marrow plant was adorned with one simple fruit. The others had been cut away and left to rot in a pile by the fence. Flies buzzing and breeding, trails of slug slime shining in the sun, and worms tunnelling through the softened rinds. Yes, we could do with more rain, the young stranger agreed, and hitched up his cap to swipe at the trickles of sweat that soaked the inner lining with his palm. Still, your marrows are doing well. He wiped his hand on the side of his jeans and returned to his endeavour. What do you know about marrows? The old man grumbled in reply. You're too busy growing them useless flowers. You don't like the sweet peas, sir? They provide a great distraction for the aphids. If I didn't, they'd gnaw on my tomatoes. He laughed. I call it a bait and switch. The old man straightened up. You heard of insecticides? Then under his breath, stupid grockle. Grockle? Not me. This land is etched on my soul, though I travel a lot, so you may not be familiar with me. Tinker, then. I knew you were no good. Why don't you leave these allotments to those that need them for growing food and such like? The stranger raised his eyebrows. And for growing prize-winning marrows? The old man creaked himself upright. You cheeky beggar, I've a good mind to... To, to what, sir? Give you a good hiding, that's what. With that, he picked up his empty watering can and shuffled down the path between the vegetable plots to the standpipe to refill it. He reached the gate, twisted the stiff and squeaking tap, and stood waiting for the can to fill, leaning heavily on the fence post. The young stranger had returned to his willow, but the rough growl of an old engine drew his attention back to the gate. Both he and the old man watched as a VW camper pulled up outside the Clever Hare public house, just across the way from the gardens. Four people spilled out and entered the pub, all carrying heavily laden plastic bags and shopping baskets. To the young stranger, each person solemnly raised a hand who returned the greeting with a nod of equal gravity. There was the middle-aged farm worker from up on Devil's Acres, the young couple who ran the local corner shop, and Leslie, the school teacher from the village nursery school. She was the only one to flash him a real smile. He returned it with an enthusiastic wink, which left her giggling as she entered the pub. 
no one acknowledged the old man, and the look he shot at the stranger could have warped wood. The young stranger shrugged and returned to his task. He'd shaped a curved back and rump, and now coaxed the wet willow into a muzzle and a smooth, elongated forehead. It shimmied and juddered under his fingers, seemingly moving of its own accord. The old man shuffled past him, awkwardly lugging the overspilling watering can with both hands, drenching the bottom of his trousers and scuffed brogues with each step. He paused for breath level with the willow frame, his eyes raking over it before puffing. You know him, Grockle. Who? Them idiots across the way. He flicked his head over his shoulder. Yes, I know them by association, you could say. The young stranger watched him carefully to see how his statement had landed. You should keep clear, lad. Them's trouble. The stranger smiled. Are you worried for me now? Sir, you wanted to kick my ass just now. The old man shook his head. For you? I could tell you some tales, that's all. Go ahead. I always love to hear a good story. The stranger dropped the lengths of willow he was caressing and stepped back, his arms folded, waiting. The old man put down his watering can and headed back into the depths of his shed, where he emerged wielding a plastic measuring jug filled to the brim with red stuff. As the door closed behind him, the young stranger caught a glimpse of buff fur swinging from overhead hooks and a whiff of carrion drifted to him. He clenched his fists for the time it took for the gardener to pour the contents into the water, shove in his forearm and mix. They believe in superstitious claptrap, tales of sacrifices to Mother Nature, them that lives in the forests, wood wars himself maybe. He flicked his arm to remove its coating of pink, shaking droplets to the ground where they soaked into the soil with a low hiss. Picking up the watering can again, he recommenced walking from plant to plant, drizzling the liquid over each. I'll tell you something, lad. What's that? Grab life by the balls. Take what you want. Make it yours. You hear me? Them's that waits for a blessing from the old ones or some such or shit ends up with nothing. As he walked to the farthest set of marrows, the sun set as though Father Time had wound his pocket watch too tight and hours lurched forward. The old man didn't seem to notice, but the young stranger did, and nodded to the sky. He called out, So, will you tell me now? What? What is the best blood for growing a prize-winning marrow? The stranger asked. The old man shook his head. I can't tell you my secrets. What if you win the gold ribbon instead of me? I'm no idiot. But I've got a secret too, said the young stranger. We could swap. You tell me first, said the old man. All right, the secret is, are you ready? Yes. You sure? 
This secret will change your life. Yes, yes. The secret is, I already know what blood fertilizes your marrows. The young stranger had put the finishing touches to his willow frame while they talked, and now stood back for the old man to get a good view. Two long, slim ears lay slightly proud along the neck. The short tail bobbed. The arched back and stretched legs gave the impression the animal was bounding. To celebrate the revelation, the full moon swept to its pinnacle, and the old man's face whitened under her light. It's... it's a hare, he said. The young stranger's face darkened to pitch. It is indeed. And I know what carcasses swing from hooks in your shed, stinking with decay and despair. Lengths of willow shot toward the old man. They circled his midsection and dragged him back to the frame of the hair. The foliage twisted around his belly, his arms, neck and knees, whipping him tight in a hold that forced his bent body upright with a sound of a pistol crack. He screamed. More willow tendrils wrapped around his mouth, piercing his tongue and pinning it to the top of his palate gagging and choking him. The young stranger stepped closer, still carrying the secateurs he'd been using to trim the frame. His pallor blushed with a greenish tinge, and his eyes sparked with the verdant beauty of a spring leaf. Do you know who I am, sir? The old man rapidly blinked bloodshot eyes, capillaries bursting under the confines of the willow. I think you do. I am the one who serves the mother. I am the one the superstitious pray to. So the wheat grows, the flowers bloom, and the vegetables grow fat and juicy. I am the one who takes care of the mother's bounty in all its forms, who she screams to for retribution when they are treated cruelly. He shoved the shears up to the man's face, and his voice vibrated with anger. Hundreds of dead hairs, old man, agony trapped in cruel snares and pierced on hooks, trophy feet removed, then left to drip, drip, drip their life force into buckets. Wasted bodies rotted under cast-off marrow fruits. Vanity crimes! With that, the stranger placed buckets under the stiffened hands of the old man, whose wild eyes widened and rolled in fear of what was to come. The young man held each of the man's fingers straight and snip, snip, snipped with the shears, digits bouncing into the buckets. Blood followed, dripping into thick, dark pools. With each cut, the old man choked to scream and did his best to buck his body away from the blades. It's not over yet, sir. I need more. There are so many marrows to water. He opened the secateurs wide and stuck the point of the top blade into the tender flesh of the inside of the old man's elbows and raked down his forearms. First the left, then the right. 
The blood spurted once, twice, before settling to a fast trickle. The old man groaned. His heart attempted a final beat. His head fell forward. When the moon highlighted the bald spot on the back of his head and set the blood to crimson fire in the buckets, he had sighed his last. The young stranger motioned the villagers who'd gathered at the gate to join him. Some carried torches, others lugged watering cans and spades. Together they mixed a soup from the old man's blood, shared it amongst the cans, and watered the marrows. Then they dug a grave beneath the willow hair. As the sun rose, the gardens were peaceful, the marrows were gone, and the plot ran alive with bounding leverets. Under the hair frame, saplings pushed roots deep into the ground, drinking in the last blood from the corpse of the old man, and waiting for his flesh and bones to rot and the willow to flourish. Down the lane, the young stranger merged back into the hedgerows, his secateurs clean and shiny in his back pocket. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Other Stories. The Blood Marrow is written by Ellis Marsh, narrated by Josh Curran, edited by Carl Hughes, and music by Melan and Tom Robson. If you'd like to check out more of Ellis Marsh's horror writings, you can go to ellismarsh.com. Once again, that's ellismarsh.com. If you yourself are a writer or know somebody who writes, then you may be interested to know that we are running a week-long horror writing mini-course from January 20th to January the 27th. We're running an online course for those looking to dip their toes into the wonderful world of writing scary stories. It'll be run by myself and best-selling author Daniel Wilcox, and we'll be helping newer writers go from coming up with a story idea, writing the first draft, editing it, polishing it, getting it ready for the marketplace, all in one week. If you are interested, then head over to hawkandcleaver.com forward slash horror for all of the relevant information. And at the time of recording this, there is a 20% off introductory offer. So get on that ASAP. Lastly, that's hawkandcleaver.com forward slash horror. Until next time. 